It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Welcome to the Week 11 Waiver Wire Podcast here at FantasyPoints.com. Joe Dolan and Tom Brawley here to break break down the biggest uh, the biggest names on the waiver wire as you look to strengthen your fantasy football team for what is essentially the playoff run. I mean, we've got playoffs starting in just a few number of weeks here. I know in some high stakes leagues they start in week fourteen, uh, which which kind of sucks because six teams on by that week. Uh, 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 and and in some other leagues they'll be in week fifteen. Tom, we're just we're less than a month away from that stuff. And I got to be honest, I know last week we started saying, you know, this is the time to spend your fab. We've had a a light waiver wire for a number of weeks, but today and this week, it's pretty strong and it is strong at the wide receiver position. Uh, Maybe the juiciest waiver wire you've written up uh, at the website at that spot uh, since early in the season. Yeah, this is, if you've been one of those people that's been sitting on your waiver priority or your fab, this is certainly the week to go out and be aggressive. Uh, We have a a couple of guys that emerged over the last week, uh, including Christian Watson and Kadarius Toney. We'll we'll get into all the names, but uh, you also might be hurting at the wide receiver position. I mean, Cooper Cup, it looks like that's a pretty serious leg slash ankle injury he suffered and with the Rams going absolutely nowhere here there's a possibility that uh, we might not see much of him the rest of the season so uh, and we also have Juju Smith-Schuster who got banged up uh, and, and this is a tough bye week uh, with the Jaguars uh, Seahawks uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Dolphins I mean all yeah. four of those teams have guys that are pretty viable at all four positions uh, so this is a this is a pivotal week here, and this is one week where we actually have some names out there who could give you some immediate help and uh, you know, may, maybe push you over the top here this week. Because uh, as you said, Joe, I, I just I looked at the calendar. My sister was texting me yesterday. She's like asking me stuff about Thanksgiving. I'm like, holy crap! Yeah, that's it's next week. It's ten days away. Like I, I'm not ready for Thanksgiving. I was just golfing outside last Saturday, and now we're supposed to get snow this week, but. Uh, so it, it, we're getting close to the end of the season. That, uh, Thanksgiving is always kind of that line of demarcation, and uh, it, it's right around the corner. So it, it's it's time to make moves if you're you know hanging in there at six and five and uh, need to make a run right now. Uh, let's start let, again. Let's start at the wide receiver position. And Tom, you don't typically write up guys who are like fifty percent rostered. Um, that's usually the cutoff for for the waiver wire. Unless something really changes and you just need to make a point. And that's the case with Kadarius Tony, who 51% rostered in Yahoo leagues. So there's a chance you're in a 10 team league, obviously an 18 league that he's out there. Um, this guy needs to be rostered in close to 100% of leagues following this week, given the Juju Smith Schuster concussion, which by the way, is his third and five years and his fourth documented overall. So you would assume he's going to miss some time. Um, and the fact that Kadarius Tony really looked like um, he is he has taken to that offense well in Kansas City. Yeah, uh, Michael Hardman's also banged up. He didn't practice at all last week. So whenever you don't get a practice in the week before, I, I mean, that kind of tells me that he probably might not be ready again this week. It is a pivotal matchup against the Chargers, but 
so we could be without two of their most productive fantasy wide receivers uh, over the last you know month or so. So Tony, he's been a guy they traded for, obviously, from the Giants. They gave up a lot of draft capital to get him. The snaps uh, rose for the second, you know, the sec- it was the second game of the season. Uh, they, they rose and he obviously scored the touchdown. Uh, the, the targets also rose. So he's probably owned in most of your 12-team leagues and deeper. But uh, we, w- I felt compelled to write him up for the report this week because this is a guy that should be owned in eight team leagues at this point. So whenever there's a guy like this, it's hovering around 50%. And I feel like he should be owned in every format. I'll, I'll write him yeah. up. And this is the type of guy. I mean, there's a legit chance. I mean, they've been just kind of piecemealing it together at receiver outside of Travis Kelsey. But, you know, maybe maybe Tony could be the guy here moving forward. Uh, we'll see about Juju Smith-Schuster's health. Uh, as you said, the concussion history is not in his favor. So, uh, at the very least, I would expect him to miss this week. Uh, we've seen guys with you know concussion issues. They, they've missed multiple weeks. So, uh, it's really opening up. The seas are parting for Kadarius Tony. It's been a wasted season to this point uh, until he got to Kansas City, but he could be really coming on strong here in the fantasy playoffs. Uh, and now a guy, though, Tom, who we also have at the top of the waiver wire who is almost certainly available in your 12-team league, oh, yeah. 8% rostered in, in uh, Yahoo on Yahoo, Christian Watson, who finally was able to make it through a game, even though there was an injury scare for him. Three touchdowns against the Cowboys and a huge win for the Packers. And you have to imagine, Romeo Dobbs is injured. You have to imagine that is going to earn a lot of trust from Aaron Rodgers going forward. Yeah, he's just, <clears throat> he's been just kind of, just, he's struggled to get on the field here with the hamstring injuries and the concussion issues. Uh, but the, they've wanted to get him involved. They just, it just hasn't happened to this point in the season. Uh, you can think back to the first play of the game uh, of the season and the first game of the year against the Vikings. They drew up a, a deep shot to him, that 75-yard bomb, and he drops it, and Aaron, Jones, Aaron Rodgers is in disgust and uh, very frustrated. But, I mean, that shows you what they think of him. They, they drew up the opening play of the season for him. Uh, they, they used the 34th overall pick. Remember, they were getting a lot of heat for not using one of their first-round picks on a receiver. Yep. They used it on him and at the, with the 34th overall pick, which is essentially a first-round pick. They think highly of this guy. As you said, Dobbs is out of the lineup here probably for the, at least the next month, and even if he does come back in the, in, in the near future. I think Watson has the chance to, to surpass, surpass him for good. This offense has needed some downfield juice, too. I mean, he was running by defenders, and <clears throat> he's opening things up for this offense. So uh, Watson is a guy who, you know, as you said, 92% available. He is out there on base in basically all leagues that are, uh, you know, probably a lot of 14 team leagues. He's probably still available. So this is a guy who could be on the cusp of something great here. If he can stay healthy, we know Aaron Rodgers is looking for that guy in this offense. We know, we know what Rodgers is capable of too. It hasn't happened up until this point in the season, but Maybe the offense starts to turn a corner here. Uh, maybe, maybe that, maybe that performance against the Cowboys was kind of a uh, a turning point for the season. So this is a guy that should be picked up everywhere this week, and uh, I would have some confidence, even though it's a, a little bit of a, a tougher matchup against the Titans this week, uh, with with all the bye weeks and 
some of the key injuries at the position. I think he's he's a guy you can slot in and play right away this week. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones, 35% rostered, uh, had a big game this past week. And obviously the big news, um, uh, I guess we'll, we'll – we can tie in the Deshaun Watson discussion here because yeah. Watson Watson's available in uh, roughly 60% of leagues as well. Um, Deshaun Watson is going to return to practice. He will be available starting in week 13. And Kevin Stefanski said he will play starting in week 13. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> DPJ has been playing really well. He's, he's been, uh, he had two duds early in the season, but other than that, if you throw those two games out uh, where he had just one combined catch, He's averaging 72 re- receiving yards per game. I mean, that's that's wide receiver, you know, fringe wide receiver one type of uh, receiving yards production. So the problem with him is he's he hasn't found the end zone yet, which has been very frustrating. He did get an end zone target in that game uh, against the Dolphins on Sunday. Uh, but as we've seen, uh, like with Jacoby Myers this year, uh, couldn't score for the life of it, you know, last year. Just just couldn't do it. And sometimes that dam could just break and all of a sudden he's scoring every week. So if he can just, you know, if he gets just like three touchdowns over like the last six or seven games here, especially with uh, uh, Deshaun Watson returning to the lineup in week 13, which could really open up the downfield passing game here. Uh, I mean, this guy could be a real difference maker. We've been pumping him up on the waiver wire here. He's been... Uh, one of our top options or, you know, the, the, you know, in our going deep section, like right at the top of it, this guy needs to be owned everywhere. And this is probably the last week to get him after he goes off for 99 yards. And uh, at least we've also seen like any time that it looks like Amari Cooper could catch a shadow like he did against Xavier Howard last week. Um, mm-hmm. the, the targets are going to filter elsewhere. Uh, we saw it with uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones and uh, David Njoku could be back soon. So, uh, anytime it looks like Cooper could run up against a tough matchup, I mean, it's going to make him a slam dunk play every week. Uh, Tom, I, somebody's got to catch the ball, you would think, for the Rams. Maybe maybe, they, maybe somebody doesn't, because this team is last in the NFL in yards per play, and that is with Cooper Cup, uh, who's gained 34% of their yards from scrimmage, and quite frankly, I'm surprised it's not more than that. Um, <laughs> but, bad, yeah. It, it, it's bad. Van Jefferson scored, um, didn't play his first snap until after Cup left that game, but he came in and he made an impact with John Wolford. Uh, Matthew Stafford should be back at some point. And as I wrote up on our Market Report article, you know, Cooper Cup apparently has a pretty bad high ankle sprain. That's what Adam Schefter said. The prognosis doesn't look good. This team is three and six. Let's just say, oh, uh, he's going to miss four weeks. They're going to put him on IR. The four weeks is the projected time that he's going to miss. Let's just say the Rams go one and three in those games. They're four and nine. Are they going to rush Cooper Cup back? It is entirely possible, as you alluded to, that Cooper Cup does not play again this season. And then maybe Van Jefferson is somebody who has an impact as kind of a lower end wide receiver three. this year. Yeah, the one thing I'll, I'll say kind of counter to that is, the Rams never have their draft picks, so they're, they're not. They don't have incentive to lose. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So if if Cooper Cup wants to play and he's pushing to play, I, I think they'll you know uh, cater to him and get him out there and continue to pad his numbers. And uh, he doesn't seem like the guy, the type of guy that would uh, mail it in. But but this that looked like a a pretty serious injury, and it's never a good sign whenever a report comes out on Monday that says he avoided the worst case scenario, which to me means he didn't break his leg, but it's 
you know, one step below that, which means this is a extremely severe uh, high ankle injury. So, uh, I, I honestly, I'd probably put it 50-50 if we, uh, if he sees like, if he plays like more than like three games the rest of the season. This is uh, a tough situation. Uh, Van Jefferson, uh, I'll put the caveat out there that he, he wasn't playing last week until the Cooper Cup injury. He got kind of benched. He was off to a real slow start in his first two games. Uh, ben Skoranek and Allen Robinson and Cup were the primary three re- wide receivers last week. But uh, Jefferson is, I mean, it depends on what you think of Allen Robinson at this point. But I think Van Jefferson might be the most talented guy left in this receiving core. Um, you know, we, we really liked him coming out of Florida. Uh, you know, real precise route runner. He's uh, kind of turned into more of a vertical threat the last, uh, at least last season playing in this offense. He was kind of the lid lifter, but you know, he has that route running pedigree and I could see his role expanding here. And as we saw at the tail end of last week, after the injury, he came in, started to see heavy snaps and he caught three balls after the cup injury, including one for a touchdown. So uh, this this offense has no juice right now without Cooper Cup. Maybe Van Jefferson can be that guy. I I don't know if he's necessarily someone you want to throw into a lineup this week. Maybe you, you want to see how they kind of play it at receiver. But uh, I think he does. We're shooting for upside at this point of year, and I think he he probably has the most upside of these wide receivers that are remaining in Los Angeles right now. A uh, couple more, Tom, that that, that probably aren't as Huge priorities, but um, I do want to mention a couple of AFC South guys just really quickly. Um, Paris Campbell uh, with Matt Ryan back in the fold. Um, I think this is sustainable as the as the Colts slot receiver, at least as potentially a, a lower end wide receiver three. And also Nico Collins, who's the Texans' leading receiver, and you know Davis Mills can go for three hundred every now and again. That team's going to be playing from behind. He's available in close to ninety percent of leagues, so. Um, those are two guys who I think are worthwhile if if maybe you miss out on some of these top guys. Yeah, Campbell's been up over 17 fantasy point, 18 fantasy points in Matt Ryan's last three starts. So if you throw out the Ellinger dud games where they were thrown 20 times a game and Sam Ellinger's not a professional quarterback, uh, if you take those games out, Campbell's been up over 18 fantasy points in three straight games. So uh, this guy's sitting out there, you know, heavily dropped <clears throat> after Ellinger came into the lineup. So uh, certainly a plug and play option. Uh, I think he is running a little bit hot right now. Uh, we, we like Alec Pierce's talent level more than him, but he's certainly a guy who's, you know, a high draft pick a few years ago, been, uh, just saddled with injuries to start his career, but he's actually healthy and, uh, starting to turn the corner a little bit. And, and you're right about Miko Collins, uh, 10 targets last week, uh, before the injury that he picked up, he was up over 40 yards in four straight games. So, uh, he, he was trending up. Picked up the groin injury, missed a few weeks, but uh, he went right back to being kind of the number one receiver. And uh, with the way Brandon Cooks is being handled right now, he's uh, uh, you know they're just they're just putting up with him right now. They're not he's not a featured player like he was last year in the old regime. So uh, Nico Collins is widely available. I, I don't know if it's going to be consistent. We're we're dealing with a bad offense, uh, but at least they could be throwing a bunch down the stretch and. Uh, at least maybe he could pick up some, you know, PPR production, maybe you know, get, get you like five for 60 yards and uh, maybe give you a chance to score a touchdown. So he's certainly viable as the potential number one wide receiver in this offense moving forward. A couple of more pass catchers. Let's go to the tight end position. 
T-Bro, and a guy who, let me tell you, unless you're in a dynasty league, I guarantee you is available. <laughs> a guarantee is Trey McBride of the Arizona Cardinals. Zach Ertz uh, reportedly out for the season uh, with a knee injury. Trey McBride was the first tight end drafted, talented guy. Greg Cosell loved him. Scott Barrett's model loved him. Um, I, this is a guy who, again, this offense, not great. Um, <laughs> Colt McCoy might've just played the best game of any Cardinal quarterback this year, but somebody's going to have to play tight end, catch the football. And I think Trey McBride's got the chance to do that. Yeah. This, this is an upside uh, addition here. And we don't have a whole lot at, uh, at the tight end position this week. Not, a, not, you know, if you've been using, uh, Evan Ingram or, you know, one of these other uh, Kate Otten or, uh, one of these guys that are on by, uh, he's probably not a guy you want to throw in and play this week if you don't have to. But if you told me that he's a top eight fantasy tight end at the end of the season, I'd believe it. And if you told me he you know, catches uh, 15 balls for 120 yards the rest of the way, I could also believe that. Uh, there might not be, be much middle ground with, uh, with Trey McBride. He's, a, he's an upside addition. But we've seen uh, how Kyler Murray and even – uh, Colt McCoy uh, have featured tight ends in this offense in the past. Uh, we do have to worry about Marquise Brown. It looks like he'll be back in the in the near future. So, yeah, he could get pushed down. This is the first time we'll see Hopkins and Hollywood and Rondale Moore together. So, you know, those tight end targets could be a little uh, more condensed here than we saw with Zach Ertz up until this point in the season. But uh, McBride is everything that Zach Ertz isn't. He's the uh, you know athletics physical specimen. Uh, who can make big plays, and uh, we'll, we'll just see. It's tough with these rookie tight ends. Uh, sometimes the consistency isn't there, but the upside certainly is. So I think he's, at, at the very least, uh, if you've been rolling with Ertz, or maybe you're just looking for uh, a little bit of upside at the tight end position, he should be a guy that you add and kind of see how it goes the next two weeks or you know, see if he starts to develop into a, a big piece in this offense because – uh, you know, Ertz went down last week, and it was all McBride. He only saw one target, but he was on the field for, I think, 91 or 92% of the snaps. So he was a full-time player after Ertz got hurt. So uh, that was a positive, and now we'll see if the targets start to follow here in the upcoming weeks. Uh, far be it from me to recommend somebody who plays for this god-awful <laughs> Oakland Raiders offense, but with, with that, I think it's possible Darren Waller is shut down for the rest of the year. Um, uh, Foster Moreau rostered in 16% of Yahoo League's um, has an opportunity to to continue to produce kind of low-end tight end one numbers. He had uh, three catches and a touchdown in, in Week 10. Yeah, I, yeah, it's it's been a completely lost season for Darren Waller. Um, so <laughs> we got Hunter Renfro also out. So there's just like nobody. We've been we've been counting on Mac Collins, Mac Hollins for the uh, the number two receiver spot in this offense right now. So uh, maybe Moreau can start to develop into that guy here over the next couple of weeks. He did uh, did catch a touchdown last week, and he also, uh, when that game was 25-20 down the stretch, he he probably could have had another touchdown. It was a uh, an end zone shot to him towards the end of the game and couldn't quite haul it in. So he's a guy that's trending upward here. They need help at the position. Uh, and so uh, there's not a whole lot else I can say about, about the Raiders offense that's very positive right now, but uh, they do go up against Denver this week. And so you you'd think that Patrick Sertan is going to be uh, matching up with Devontae Adams quite a bit. And 
Uh, he, they also have the, the Seahawks in two weeks, which has been the best matchup for fantasy tight ends uh, pretty much all season long. So uh, there's a there, the matchups are also lining up for Moreau to potentially go off over the next two weeks. Um, let's go to the running back position, Tom. And um, I just saw a tweet uh, from Greg Allman, who who's yeah, a, I saw uh, he was tweeting at Edwin there too. At, at, at Edwin, at our guy Edwin, um, about Rashad White. Now, Rashad White, I would think in a competitive league is rostered forty four percent of Yahoo leagues rostered, but Leonard Fournette's got a hit pointer, and Rashad White just ran for over a hundred yards. He, Greg Allman says, uh, uh, on Rashad White, at Edwin. At, Ed, ex- at, at football injury doc. At FB, <laughs> FB injury, injury doc. doc. Yes. I'd expect White to start. Who gets more touches rest of the way hinges on who produces. This is an opportunity for Rashad White, a run game that hadn't worked all year. It's got an opportunity now to fall into Rashad White's hands. I mean, a guy who could be an RB1 is available in 60% of leagues. That's pretty good if Rashad White's out there in your league. Yeah, I, I, I'll temper it a little bit here. I don't think Leonard Fournette's completely going away here. Uh, I, I still think they'll probably favor him whenever they're in like clear passing situations. But we've also seen White, he's capable of playing in those situations. And uh, he's had a couple games where he's uh, caught two or three passes and, and could produce in the passing game. So there's a, at least a, a chance that he kind of takes over as the lead runner here. And maybe he... Keeps biting off a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more here. So, and this is an offense that's been pretty stagnant up until this point. Uh, but they had the game-winning drive against the Rams uh, late in Week Nine. The offense looked uh, probably the best it's looked all season in that Week Ten victory over the Seahawks. So, it's an offense that we know uh, it has a it has a high ceiling. It ha- they haven't reached it at, basically at all this season, but. Maybe we're finally starting to ascend here a little bit with the Buccaneers. Uh, we want running backs that are tied to Tom Brady. He'll check it down to him. Uh, maybe maybe the Buccaneers will score a few more touchdowns down the stretch here. So this is a, a piece of an offense that we want to grab. He's an ascending player, and Leonard Fournette has uh, actually he actually had his best game last week too. But uh, you know before he picked up the hip injury. But White is certainly a guy that's. Uh, the the kind of profile that we're looking for at this time of year uh, of a rookie running back starting to make moves in in an offense that could be improving right now. Um, Isaiah Pacheco, Tom, let's talk about Pacheco and McKinnon right now, because Clyde Edwards, a is droppable in all redraft formats. And, you know, sometimes I just, I'm going to go back to my argument that I, that I make a lot when sometimes it just feels like not to say Andy reason, not a successful coach or a good coach, obviously, but sometimes it just feels like coaches outsmart themselves. And I, I think Edwards Alaire's draft capital comes into this for sure. But a three-man running back rotation, when you can't run the ball, I think at that point it's time to simplify things. That seems to be what the Chiefs did in week uh, 10 with Pacheco getting 16 carries and McKinnon getting eight targets uh, in that backfield. Yeah, CEH was essentially completely phased out of the offense last week and it's been a it's been a slow transition uh i can remember we uh, i guess that was before week eight uh when the report came out from ian rapaport that uh pacheco took most of the first team snaps and would be the starter it didn't happen right away he did get the start he did but it was still a very very much a three-man backfield but ever since that report came out 
it's been a slow transition here to Pacheco being the guy. It was it was like Andy didn't want to just jump completely and do the cannonball completely into the deep end. He wanted to, you know, dip the toes in in the the shallow end and you know slowly get the whole the, the whole body into the water here. So um, maybe we'll be getting into the deep end here with Pacheco soon, and uh, we'll see if he can swim. It, it, he, he's fared fairly well here so far. Uh, had a career high in, in carries and uh, was 16 last week. So, And they have a lot of – if you look at their schedule, uh, the Chiefs are going to be playing with a lot of leads, have one of the easier schedules down the stretch. they got a Chargers defense that every week we're targeting their running back, you know, running backs that are going against the – the Chargers defense, so he's a viable low-end RB2 this week. Uh, just just the only concern is that Jarek McKinnon is still kind of getting a lot of short yardage situations. He's kind of the more trusted guy, uh, even down at the goal line. So that's the one phase that we're c- kind of concerned about, and uh, we're, we're fully concerned about the lack of receiving production for Pacheco. It's just yeah. non-existent. It's three catches up until this point. It's going to be all Jarek McKinnon. So, and you know, in PPR full formats, there, there's some leagues that McKinnon might actually probably be the better pickup. Uh, if your if your league rewards uh, catches and uh, it looks like this is going to be a two man backfield moving forward, though. So uh, Pacheco's the ascending guy. McKinnon's the steady uh, veteran who's going to get a lot of work. So uh, both of these guys should be rostered in you know most twelve team leagues at this point. And as you said, if you've, you've had Clyde, it's time to time to cut bait uh, he, he's getting phased out of the offense so uh, maybe what if one of those two guys is out there and you got ceh uh, now's the time to make that move sorry tom i don't know if you heard but yes. i gambled that the fedex guy wasn't going to ring the doorbell and he did <laughs> <laughs> well your dogs were very calm it was just i just heard the one bark there they, uh, yeah. they did a very good job so <laughs> Uh, they're, uh, the, yeah, it's, um, we have a gloomy day here today, so, uh, oh, they're, well. they're, they're, they're restless cause they like to go out when it's sunny out and, uh, but, uh, anyway, uh, one more guy to mention, Tom, uh, before, before we move on Jalen Warren, the irony is Najee Harris had his best game of the season, looked the best he has all year. And Jalen Warren actually outscored him from a fantasy perspective uh, this past week uh, against the Saints. Yeah, it's pretty frustrating if you've been a Nazi owner. Yeah, he had the 20, I think it was a season-high 20 carries in the game. Uh, obviously, 99 rushing yards is a, a high for him because he hasn't had any success on the ground. So, uh, But I still think Warren's an ad here. The problem is, I, I think this is going to be an extremely frustrating backfield the rest of the way. Steelers are ranked third to last in points per game. And uh, it's just, it's not a, a potent offense. So now we're probably going to get like a 60-40 split the rest of the way between Najee and Jalen. Uh, and, then, and then the Steelers won this week. So like if there was any hope that maybe Najee would get shut down, it's probably not going to happen for a while now. So I still think Warren is worth the ad. He's looked good. And maybe Najee goes back to, to struggling here, but uh, this backfield's probably going to end up being very frustrating, but maybe Warren can work his way. If he just gets like 12 to 15 touches a game, uh, maybe he can be a flex option. And he, he did show some, uh, he has shown some receiving game uh, chops uh, in his limited opportunities. So he actually uh, outperformed uh, Najee in that department. Najee didn't have a catch last week, but uh, yeah, this is probably going to be a frustrating uh, backfield split the rest of the way, but Warren is certainly warranted uh, more looks going forward. 
Come join us in our subscriber Discord at FantasyPoints.com. Go to FantasyPoints.com, use code Brawley22, uh, and you'll get an extra 10% off an already significantly discounted website, Tom, because we're more than halfway through the season. So I think it makes sense that the website is discounted. T-Bro, uh, it's been good talking to you. You made your debut on SiriusXM this morning. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I even had John... To- I even had to fly solo for about uh, five or ten minutes of it. They really, uh, speaking of throwing me in the deep, deep end, I, I was uh, I, I needed the swimmies, but I, <laughs> I, I I made it through. I think it went pretty well. So uh, looking forward to potentially doing more shows down the road. Uh, maybe we'll, maybe we'll, we'll do some uh, spots here in the near future. Maybe I not. would love. Oh, Tom, that would be so much fun um, on, on Sirius XM. And by the way. Um, uh, I, I have done hundreds of shows on Sirius yes. XM and I'm not trying to do, do a, a, you know what measuring contest when, when your co-host's, uh, connection goes out, it always is, <laughs> it, it was, always is, is a little scary. That was a, oh shit moment right off the bat. I, it, I was like, yeah. it was right at the, uh, eight o'clock, the start of the eight o'clock hour. I'm like, at least it wasn't at the start of the show. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So I, I was getting some coffee. My roommate woke up and he's like, oh, so how's it going so far? I'm like, I think it's going great so far. And as soon as I sit down, uh, you know, I get the producer in my ear. Uh, yeah, Paul's going to be out a while. So, uh, yeah, you're on your own right now. I'm like, okay, <laughs> so this is uh, so but we survived. I survived and uh, I'm looking forward to doing more more often here. So uh, I hope uh, anybody that listened enjoyed it. And, uh, and if, if you want to listen to me more or Joe more, you always subscribe to the, the podcast here and you can get us all the time. So uh, thanks for anybody that listened this morning. I appreciate it. <laughs> all right, T-Bro. It's been good. Uh, it's been good talking to you. Sirius XM's own Tom Brawley, the grinder, as John Hansen says. Follow him on Twitter at Tom Brawley. I'm at FG underscore Dolan. Thanks for listening to the Waiver Wire podcast. We will catch y'all later on. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com.